Joshua 1.9 Have I not commended you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. my sister, 
Nate Chaffin, and Pastor Mike. I'm sorry I couldn't be there today with you guys, but I hope to see you at my graduation party on June 4th. And my plans for after graduation are to continue working for Nate at Ten Point Construction. Thank you.
for you have also been there for me and supported me and loved me. I also want to thank my aunt, uncle, and cousins. I love you all. Romans 8.28, God promises to make something good out of the storms that bring devastation into your life. So, uh, after hearing their speeches, I'm way under So, we're just going to rock with it. Uh, Tom. Um, I'm Keegan. I've been coming here since fifth grade. Actually, it's because of Cole. He said there was free food, so I okay. um, <laughs> But I'm glad it came. It was fun. And I learned about Jesus, and it was great so far. So good. Um, I want to thank, like, some people. Like, a lot of people. But <laughs> first off, my mom and dad. Wouldn't be here without you. Thanks. Um, Sam, uh, Sam, you've helped me a lot through everything. Like, like everything. Like, from like the first time I came over, Landon's party cleaned up my throat. It was great. And, <laughs> just, you've been there, so thank you. Um, Steven is not here, but love that guy. Uh, Jason is also not here. He's a great guy. Mike, thank you. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa, all of them, thank you. All my aunts and uncles, they've helped me a lot. It's great. And I suppose I should probably thank my sister. Uh, it's probably important. <laughs> but I'm going off to college next year. Uh, I'm going to go to St. Cloud Tech for HVAC. And actually this summer I'm going to down to St. Michael and work down there and for an HVAC company. So that'll be fun. Some of my long-term goals, like I want to own my own business down in South Carolina and for HVAC and yeah, provide and like have a good family. It'll be fun. Um, one thing I learned from being here is everyone's like very helpful, and it, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all of you. So, thank you. Um, grad party, it's uh, the 18th, 12th, 4th. Uh, there's hot dogs and mac and cheese. So, that's the <laughs> selling Matthew 19 and 26. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible.
Hello everyone. I'm going to do my best to keep this relatively short and sweet. But my name is Cole Shell, and I'm a graduating senior from Bertha Hewitt High School. I plan to attend CLC in Brainerd for one year in order to obtain my associate's degree, and then I plan to transfer to a four-year university and get my bachelor's in sports management and or business. I have not decided yet. Uh, this church has meant a lot to me, especially when I was really young. I was able to learn so much about myself and my faith from so many people here. I began attending this church when I was extremely young, around four years old. Sunday school was always so much fun with Rhonda Amundsen and Barbara Brown. I also remember having a great time at Awana and then later KFC, and being a part of the worship team that was led by Sarah Collins. Singing on the worship team when I was younger is actually what encouraged me to stay out the choir my entire time in high school, so thank you Sarah for making that so much fun. <laughs> Uh, the Christmas program that was put together by Sarah, Becky, and Melanie was also something that I made so many awesome memories doing. As I got older, I also attended youth quite frequently for a long time, and I still remember going on trips to Minneapolis and Grand Rapids for SYC and being to hear so many awesome pastors preach to us. All of these events have not only created so many memories that I will never forget, but they have helped me learn so much more about my faith and have allowed me to grow so much closer to God. I would also like to thank both of my grandparents. Dale and Sharon Howe for always encouraging me and supporting me in everything that I do. They mean so much to me, and without them, I would not be the person that I am today. My parents, Carla and John Michelle, have also been extremely important to me, and I thank my mom for always forcing me to get up and bringing me into church when I was really little. <laughs> Lastly, I would also like to thank some of my fellow seniors who here, who are also some of my best friends. Aiden, Landon, and Keegan, we have all been coming here for quite some time, and we have all grown so much closer because of it. I appreciate all of you guys, and it was super fun getting to see us all grow and turn into amazing, faithful people that we all are today. It is extremely important to find a group of young people who you can trust and grow closer to the Lord with. I encourage any young people here to do whatever they can to convince their friends to come join them at this church. It will not only make it more enjoyable, but you will be helping someone else discover their own faith. I am extremely excited to, for the next chapter of my life, and I cannot wait to see what God has in store for me. Thank you, everybody. Timothy 1.7 For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of selflessness. Hey church, how you doing? <laughs> Alright, so I got this little note card to read off of. I it pretty short and simple. Um, I'm Latin Adams. I've been going to this church for a large part of my life. Um, yeah, I've done Awana, I've done youth, I've done VBS, I've done all that stuff. Um, as far as my plans are after high school, I plan on going to Masabi Range Community College and getting my carpentry degree. And after that, I will get my contractor's license. And Keep working construction. Um, we've got some thank yous here. Alright, first thank you. Um, thanks to my mom. Thank you for always teaching me how to adult, um, how to write checks, how to budget my money, all that stuff. Um, Dad, thank you for being a great example. Um, 
how to be a religious, God-fearing man. Um, I love you both for that. Um, Melinda, John, thank you for always um, inviting me to your house and feeding me and taking care of me, whether it be a headache, whether I'm just hungry, or whether you just want to talk. Um, thank you for always being there, guys. Um, Eddie Hirschberger, where are you? There you are. Um, thanks for investing your time into me and teaching me construction and everything that you know. It's been very helpful. Thank you. Um, Brendan, Tristan, Rowan, thank you for making my life crazy and fun at the same time. Um, it wouldn't be as fun without you guys. Thanks. Um, last thing says to the rest of the church, thank you for always being here and supporting me. Thank you for the cooks, the teachers, the pastors, the cleaners. Um, I wouldn't be here without you guys. Um, that's it. Thank you. all over up here left behind. <laughs> Where's my stuff, guys? Alright. Would you guys please pray with me? Lord, thank you for this awesome chance we have to just honor these, these seniors and uh, to also glorify you at the same time. Lord, I pray that uh, as we open up your word here, that you would help us to understand. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to just connect with you more here today through what happens. Just name and pray. Amen. All right, so uh, the main idea that I want to convey to you is actually kind of, it comes out of a book, and my thing is not synced up. Go ahead, the next slide, David. I'll see if we can connect here. Um, the book's called Not Got Enough by J.D. Greer. Um, I'm not, it's just like one little idea out of there, but I kind of made a message out of it. So uh, anyway, if that's where uh, I wanted to give proper credit there. Today we're going to be talking, um, starting in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Still not going. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you'd open there. Uh, but before we read that, let me just say, you guys, I can't believe it's your turn to graduate. It's, it's hard for me to believe that it's your turn to, like you guys, like I've only been your youth pastor for two years, but I've been a youth leader here forever, right? And it's like... You guys were in KFC and like Faith, you'd have been what, seven, sixth, seventh grade, something like that when you started showing up? Like you guys were all like I've known you for a long time. And it just kind of blows my mind. Cole, you're always gonna be that kid that like I've always been jealous of the hair. Like I know he's I know he's got great, he, he, he's, a, he's a talented kid, but people would look at him and be like, that was Shaw boys, he's a he's a smart, talented young man. If you just get a clean haircut for crying out I'm just kidding. I've always been jealous of the locks, man. It's been great. I'm always going to picture you the pictures of like you with the, the hair at the concert and stuff. Um, Keegan, I don't even know what to say about you, man. You've always just been uniquely you. Right? Keegan is like, Keegan is Keegan. So, like, I'm hoping that the, 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 the woes of life never, ever crush that spark that you have because... That kid that was always like in Christmas programs? <laughs> Stay that guy, okay? Oh, and I could share so many stories, but I'll just leave it at a quick shot. 
It's inside. I'm not going to share that story. I'm sorry. Um, Faith, oh my goodness, it's been so much fun getting to know you on the worship team and having you involved up here. I, for a bit there, I wasn't sure if you were going to do it, but I'm so glad you did. And Faith is like super talented. You guys know she's a hockey player. She's played hockey, right? And, and, and normally hockey players are tough and, and you don't think of them as creative people. But like she doesn't just sing on the worship team. She designed our youth logo. If you flip that one. I'm just going to need to call on you here today, I guess. This thing ain't working. So, yeah, Faith, you're super talented and creative. And keep it up. That's awesome. Um, Dominic, he's not even here today, but I'm going to speak directly on the camera and hope that he, uh, he watches the live stream later. He's out racing dirt bike right now, and we just wish the best for him this season in the dirt bike league also. Um, Dominic is just a level guy. He's just a, I don't know how to, how would you guys describe him? He's just like... Just chill. Just a level dude. But he's like a sleeper comedian. Did you ever notice that? Like, you wouldn't expect it, and all of a sudden he'll say something, and you both, like, you'll spit. And you, it's so funny. So I remember one time we were doing, uh, we had a snowstorm on a Wednesday night. It was like, Stephen was still youth pastor at that point. We were in the fellowship hall on bean bags. There was like maybe 15, 20 of us here that night. We probably shouldn't have had youth, but, you know, we still moved forward. <laughs> so we were sitting there, and... and I was just hanging out over kind of by Dom, and, and he, he made some sort of joke, and I about fell out of my chair, laughing so hard at whatever he had said, and he, he made like three of those zingers that night, and I, that was the moment that I'm like, this kid is seriously, secretly hilarious, like, because he's so chill, you don't realize that he's like, got that clown tendency in him, so I just love that about Dom. And speaking of senses of humor, Aiden, <laughs> dude, you're hilarious, I don't know if you know that. Uh, if, if you guys haven't noticed, Aiden has come out of his shell in the last couple of years. My favorite memory in the last couple of years was actually playing volleyball over at Nate and Hannah's. And, uh, like, you showed up to play against the eighth grade girls. <laughs> and so, I don't think what you were doing could be considered legal. Like, you just stuck in the middle, and everything that came over the net, you just jump up and catch it with one arm and throw it back. So, you're supposed to actually hit the ball, not catch it and throw it back. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun with Aiden. But one thing that we might not, you might not realize about Aiden, he said that he's come to youth every week. You came to youth every week this year, just about. Like, you probably hold the record for a senior. Normally, seniors get senioritis, and they kind of check out a youth group a little bit. They're getting busy. And, you know, Aiden, you were here 27 times this year. That's a lot. The only reason you might not realize that is because we did attendance awards on, awards on Wednesday, and Aiden wasn't here for it. <laughs> Like one of the two nights you missed out of the whole year, you happened to be on for the attendance. And you guys had some senior thing, I think, on Wednesday, right? Yeah. Senior trip, yeah, you guys were gone. So, yeah, you, you couldn't help that. But, I mean, so see me afterwards, by the way. And we've got, uh, well, I've got a little prize for you for that, too. So, if you'd like to come collect on that. Um, you were one of the top ten, anyway, on attendance awards this year. Uh, and then uh, Lando. I split you and Brendan up when you guys were like seven, six and seven years old in the football field. You were like ready to fist fight. I don't remember what you're mad about. But I had, I had possession of you two boys at that point, and I kept you from killing each other. And uh, since then, man, you've grown into like, I don't know if you're really that much of a hothead or if it was Brendan that initiated at that point. It was probably Brendan. <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> you, guys, you guys were like just at each other's throats, and, and, and the... 
You've got such a level head on you at this point, too. I'm, I'm proud of the man that you're growing up to be. The hardworking, dedicated, determined. Uh, you've got a good heart, man. So, uh, you guys might not realize this, but sometimes we do little fundraiser things. Uh, well, we do fundraisers a lot, but sometimes we do little side project fundraisers. There's a, a lady that's been trying to move into our community for a while from, uh, from a far away place. Uh, and she has been little by little contacting when she's able to get to town with a trailer load. She's been contacting our youth group to help out unload. Now, Landon has nothing to fundraise for at this point in his life, but you just recently showed up anyway to help us out just because you wanted to, I don't know if it was, I don't know if you're motivated by the fact that we just needed help because <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot of people there, or if you wanted to help Tristan or, I don't know, Tristan there you are. Pad his you can come for the future. Whatever it was, man, I don't know, you've got a good heart, and I, I just appreciate the man that you're showing yourself to be. So, um, I know that time flies, and it's, for me, it's hard to believe that we're here at this point. King Solomon was attributed as the wisest person who ever lived, and he noted in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there is a time for everything. There's a time uh, and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A plan to uh, uh, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. There's also a time to graduate high school. There's a time to leave the nest and spread your wings and fly away. All right. That passage probably sounds familiar. And it's, it's probably extremely cliche for me to even bring it up here. But it's what Solomon says next in the next little paragraph that caught my eye and made me think, i got to share this with you guys here today. This is what i got to share with you guys today. So if you go to the next slide here, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. But he has also set eternity in our heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. As you guys are preparing to enter a new time in your lives, I need you to do so with the understanding that there is a proper time and a proper place for enjoying the things of this world. But God has placed eternity in our hearts. Think about that for a second. God has placed eternity in our hearts. He's built into us each a desire for the eternal, a desire for the infinite. To explore this idea a little bit, I want to go to another passage. It's probably way too familiar. <laughs> We're going to go to John 4, 4. If you guys would turn there. Um, now he, Jesus is the he here. Now he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, uh, You're a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you 
living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and, and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, well, everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. I'd imagine the hairs on her head down the back of her neck stood up a little bit there. Sir, the woman asked, or the, said, uh, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Well, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming. And has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. And for they are the kind of worshipers the Father God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am. The world is big, you guys. The world is huge. And there's a lot of places you can try to go to quench your thirst. A lot of wells you can draw from. This woman was sitting by a well that looked something like this, probably. And, and the story happened around that. And they're talking over the top of water, right? Uh, the same way you and I experienced thirst for water, this woman would have experienced thirst for water as well. And the same way that we have a deeper thirst for things, this woman also would have experienced deeper thirsts for things, right? The same way she, uh, and she'd been attempting to, to satisfy that thirst, that, that soul thirst at a well, a well that is common to us today. We, we try to sometimes draw from this well ourselves. That well is the well of romance. She went back to the well of romance, except there's a, there's a big problem with the well of romance. You remember what we said earlier? God has placed eternity in our hearts. We were designed with a longing for something that's infinite, something that is like huge, eternal, right? When we pursue the finite in an attempt to satisfy our thirst or our longing for the infinite, we get thirsty again. The pursuit of finite things to fill that enormous, that enormous thirst in us, that pursuit of using finite things to, to satisfy that, that, that eternal thirst is called idolatry. It's having false gods. That's what it's called. And sometimes when you think of idolatry, we think of the false gods. You know, that back in the day, they would carve up out of wood or stone or, or metal or whatever. They'd make those big statues, and people would do ridiculous things, sacrifice animals, and bow down to them, even cut themselves, and do all kinds of crazy things, right? We think of that as idol worship. And, and yet, we don't tend to think of our relationships with other people as being false gods, as idols. And that's something that... Something that it's true, like, 
When we attempt to satisfy our heart's eternal longings in a romantic partner, we're fashioning them into a false god. We're turning another human being into a false god, which isn't fair to them, for sure, and it's also not fair to you, and it's definitely not fair to God. When your romantic partner, they're just not designed to sustain the weight of your soul. Only the love of God can sustain the weight of your soul. Your soul has an eternal thirst. Only an eternal God can fill it. Other gods won't fill it. They just aren't God enough. Jesus tells this woman about a living water, right? A continually flowing spring within someone uh, that will cause them to never thirst ever again, right? Only through Jesus can our thirst be satisfied. You'll not find ultimate satisfaction drawing from the well of romance. Maybe romance isn't your current well, but you probably have some other well because every person has a well that they seek soul satisfaction from. That's the essence of what it means to be a sinner. When we talk about everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, what we're talking about is everyone has sought soul satisfaction from something other than God, right? So when you imagine your future, you guys, I want you to take a minute here and imagine your future. What absolutely needs to be there to feel happy? Think about that for a second. The rest of y'all can think about this too. When you think about your future, what absolutely has to be there for you to feel happy? Like what thing, if, if it's taken out of the picture, is life no longer worth living? If you can name something there, that's likely where you're trying to seek soul satisfaction. Maybe your maybe you're well that you're drawing from is career success. Maybe it's a stable, happy family or financial security. Maybe that well that you're trying to draw from, it, it's, it's being known as the best at what you do. Having your, your jersey suspended from the rafters, so to speak. Like the well of romance, look, those things will provide thrilling satisfaction in the moment. But when you wake up the next day, you're thirsty again. If God is what we're missing, we won't find satisfaction in the soulmate. We won't find satisfaction in the salary, and we sure won't find satisfaction in the syringe, right? C.S. Lewis once said, if I find in myself a desire which no experience can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Deep in our souls, you guys, like the woman at the well, we, we thirst for joy. We, search, we thirst for security and meaning unconditional love. We thirst for belonging. Our thirst for those things isn't wrong. In fact, God put those thirst, that thirst in us. But the, the places that we seek to satisfy that thirst, that can be wrong. The glory of God, you guys, is the water for which we thirst. His love is, is the security that we seek. And, and His presence is the clothing that we feel desperate for. John 14, 15, or 4, 15, the woman had said, Sir, give me that water so I won't get thirsty. And she didn't realize, she, she was maybe being sarcastic here at this point. I don't think she realized how profound of a statement this is. Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. I need that so I won't get thirsty. There's a lot of things that this world has to offer you guys. It isn't wrong to enjoy the wonder of creation. But Solomon even started Ecclesiastes 3.11 by saying so. He said, everything is beautiful in its time. Everything has got a time and a place. Everything that everything like seeking after your careers, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, those are appropriate things to do in their given time. As long as if the, the next part of the verse does as long as it doesn't come at the expense of the soul in us that's searching for eternity. 
You know, that, that the eternity in the human heart. As long as we aren't saying, okay, I'm going to seek the career more than I'm seeking my Lord. You got to keep God in number one. He set eternity in the human heart. God's creation is beautiful and it's tantalizing. And there's no limit to the number of things that you could pursue in this life. You could spend your entire lifetime chasing every last desire of your heart. And there's plenty out there to desire. And all you're chasing and all you're pursuing your desires, there will never be enough satisfaction. So there was a CEO that I read about here. Um, he said, after he became CEO and conquered the business world, I've spent my entire life putting everything into climbing the ladder of success. When I reached the top of the ladder, I realized it was leaning on the wrong building. God put eternity in our hearts. Eternity. And the satisfactions of this world, conquering whatever this world has to offer, that's too small. It cannot fully and permanently satisfy us. Everything you pursue is going to leave you thirsty. Nothing can completely satisfy you. God put eternity in our hearts. Only an eternal God can satisfy you. If that eternal God is in his rightful place, if you're pursuing him with everything you have and everything else that you're doing is for his glory, you'll be satisfied. God put eternity in our hearts, so pursue God with everything you've had. And in every other pursuit, follow Paul's advice to his, uh, follow Paul's advice in his letter that he, he gave in uh, the letter of the Corinthian church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything you do, do it for God, you guys. As you embark on your lives and as you step out to see what the world has to offer, please make sure you keep God in his rightful place. Okay? In all life and everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Congratulations, class. We're proud of you. We love you guys. And as a way to both honor you and as a way to send you off with, with a little bit of a reminder on what I said here today and what we've taught you through the years, what we have collectively pushed you towards in your relationship with God, we've got some gifts here for you. Kirsten, would you come help me distribute these? If you guys can come on up and we will hand these off to you. Dominic, see me. We've got a gift for you. All right. Thank you. Okay, so, uh, Faith, we've got to get you out of here. You said you're graduating today. Robert does their graduation ceremonies on Sundays, apparently. So we're going to wrap up and let you get going. The rest of us, uh, we've got a potluck lunch uh, going on, so we're going to head to the, the uh, fellowship hall in just a second. 
Um, hopefully you can spend some time celebrating with these graduates. And uh, I would like to ask that you would allow the graduates and their families to please go first in the front of the line here. And let's see. I think that's it. So I'm going to close in prayer and uh, we'll head that direction. So, uh, Lord, I'm so thankful for this time that we've had today. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity that we've had to, to speak a little life into these graduates as they, as they get ready to head out into the world. And God, I just want to ask for a special blessing over them. I pray, God, that you would uh, bless everything that they pursue. God, help them to keep you and their top priority so that in everything they do, they would bring glory and honor to you. I know that you would love to, to bless them all the more if that's what their, what their prioritization is, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this food that we're about to eat. We do ask that you use it to strengthen our bodies and may our time of fellowship be sweet here. Please bless our time together as we share this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's hit that.